episode of the Tango Banter. I am Yelizaveta, and I'm here with you in more than one way today. Uh, this is the first time I'm experimenting with not only recording my voice, but I'm also recording this as a video to experiment, and this video will live on my YouTube channel, so if some of you would prefer to hear me and see me as I'm bantering, you can do that on my channel, uh, which I will leave that link in the description. It's so good to have you uh, here with me today. I really enjoy doing these podcasts because more and more as I sit here in my little cave, I think I feel more and more connected to you, to the people who ultimately listen to these. So there's more and more of a feeling of an ongoing conversation. And I appreciate this burgeoning type of connection that I'm building with all of you out there. And I hope that you'll continue to, um, to grow with me, to, to develop with me. And I would appreciate your help in sharing this podcast with other people that you think might enjoy it. And uh, yeah, okay, so what are we talking about today? We're talking about um, a very important topic that's been on people's minds for a really long time, and that is why aren't there more women DJing in tango? Why aren't there more DJs, women DJs at festivals, marathons, weekly malongas? Even this last marathon that I attended, there were only two women uh, and uh, the rest of the lineup was uh, men. And there's been a lot of conversation on social media about that. And it typically takes on a form of an argument on Facebook. And this particular tactic got a lot more fuel during COVID. There seems to be a pretty aggressive sort of exchange that takes place on Facebook around these kinds of issues. And I think that Partially on Facebook, it almost feels like you're not really talking to a person. So I would say that we kind of disconnect from the fact that we're talking to other people. So then people get a bit more mean <laughs> in general. So I tend to stray away from those kinds of confrontations. Um, it's been my impression from reading the different posts from different people that the reason listed for there not being enough female DJs is because of the organizers, because the organizers are not hiring women DJs or they don't give women DJs as much opportunity as more established uh, male DJs. And there's that 
Catch-22, that organizers are looking for experienced DJs, but how do you gain experience if you don't just start from somewhere? And so, I mean, this is kind of an issue with lots of fields. I mean, I was feeling the same experience when I was in the art world and I was a practicing artist uh, in Texas. And same thing for young artists. It's always hard to get gallery representation because gallerists are looking for established artists who already have a following of collectors. But then how do you get that if you don't start showing somewhere, right? You have to actually get that experience so I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, and over the last few years, um, since COVID, since I launched Earth Virtual Milonga with uh, my friend Artisher, we just finished our two-year project with Earth Virtual Milonga, celebrated the number 50. So I got to work with a lot of DJs over the last few years, and I've become, I guess, a sort of an organizer in my own right, because I had to find DJs, and the concept behind each Earth Virtual Malanga was to have three different DJs from three different places in the world. And so right away we started looking for DJs and reaching out to them through Facebook. And I gotta say, I really had a lot of intention to feature as many women DJs as possible. And um, that, was my, that was my goal. So I'll tell you a little bit about my experience with that goal and um, provide some perhaps surprising insights about this, because I think there's so many different sides to this question, and it's not so clear, not so one-sided, not so um, simple to just say, oh, it's because the organizers actively do not uh, hire women DJs. So, what I found when I was actively reaching out to lots of DJs, and I've now worked with probably over 60 to 70 DJs from around the world, and I've probably reached out to, I don't know, over 100, 150 DJs. I, I should have kept count because that would be interesting to know. But it was surprising to me to find out how difficult it was for me to get women DJs to participate in EVM. Um, most of the women that I reached out to either were not interested in the concept, they didn't really want to explore the, the virtual aspect of this. They felt that it was not as authentic, which a lot of DJs felt this way. 
and that's fine. Um, but also a lot of them were just non-responsive. And um, not many came forward because we put out a lot of calls uh, on social media and emails and incentives for DJs to reach out to us. We, um, we paid all of the DJs that we worked with every single time. So there was financial incentive, but it was really strange how hard it was for me to convince, to find, to, to inspire, to cajole uh, some of the women DJs to come and participate. So that experience got me really thinking about what are some of the uh, perhaps hidden underlying layers that might be contributing to the situation where it's true that primarily when we listen to music at a milonga, a lot of times it's, it's men DJing and there's no problem with it. Um, there's a lot of DJs out there that love who are men DJs. There's, there's no issue with that. Um, but I do think there's something to, s to be said about variety. And so that was the other aspect of DJing the online event. I had a really unique opportunity to observe uh, DJs in action, to hear how they collaborate and their personalities and how they approach the process. And there are some really amazing observations uh, that I've made that I'll share with you just as a way of exploring this topic. And I would love to hear your take on this. Uh, so let me know if any of this resonates or if you disagree with anything I say. I would love to hear your perspective. You can reach out to me on social media at I'm So Tango. So, in general, here is what I've observed about women DJs. Typically, women DJs are a lot less, um, they're a lot less willing to promote themselves. They're not going to put themselves forward. And I guess I'm just going to start speaking as we because I'm a woman and I feel these things. I have felt these things uh, when I was actively building my, my DJing career here in Los Angeles and in Portland, Oregon. So we typically don't promote ourselves. We don't um, think of ourselves as being very good. I hear most of the time women are typically very critical of their skills. We don't take a compliment very easily. And there's also a little bit of a reluctance to speak up, to, to voice um, our opinion, to, to kind of push ourselves a little bit more in the spotlight. We tend to want to kind of like be in the background. And if somebody picks us, if somebody talks to us or asks us, like we're there, right? We're, we're, we're there, we're ready. But 
a lot of times we kind of stay in the shadows. And, you know, as I'm talking about this, this is not just DJs. Like, this is, this. you might be resonating with this on any level as a dancer, as, as a woman. Um, and maybe some men feel this way too, but I'm just kind of showing, sharing my experience within the context of working with DJs and what I've observed. So please take it with a, with a grain of salt. Um, so when I think about why, why, why is it that there's so much reluctance to really push ourselves into the forefront as DJs and maybe even as dancers, as professional dancers, as teachers? And I think it comes down to this one overarching theme that I myself have been dealing with and I know a lot of people deal with, and that is the difficulty of believing in ourselves, right? To believe in yourself, in your skill, in your vision, in your ability, and your expertise. Um, it's it's kind of tough. If that's not there, that really impacts everything. And I think that the reason why we don't have more women DJing is because women don't tend to believe in themselves in the way that men believe in themselves just by virtue of their experience and, and their, um, I guess, their cultural assimilation. This is kind of like goes beyond the scope, beyond the discussion about DJing and maybe touching upon some other areas. But, you know, tango is life. And that's why I think something that is this very esoteric concept of women DJing in tango is actually reflecting something much, much bigger. I've observed this in many contexts, whether it's like complimenting a DJ, uh, a woman DJ, or asking a woman DJ to do something, to, to DJ, you know, and being turned down. Sometimes what I notice, women tend to get more frazzled around the technical piece, at least for this particular event, Earth Virtual Malanga. A lot of women, they felt very unsure of their ability to um, understand what to do technically. So there was that piece. And I think that applies also to women who are DJs and they don't even know it. You know, there are so many dancers out there who, women, I'm talking particularly about women, who would be amazing DJs. And I tell them this and they don't believe me. <laughs> but it's true. Sometimes I'll be talking to a dancer to Milonga and I'll just hear them say something or describe what they feel when they dance or talk about the music a certain way. And I just think to myself, oh my God, this person needs to DJ. And then I'll suggest it. I'll say, have you thought about, no, no, no. I'm, I just, I don't know anything about music. I don't really, I don't understand anything. I, I don't have enough experience. I haven't danced long enough. I don't know anything about tango. I don't know how to do this yet. Like there's so many uh, beliefs that 
we we tend to carry around women in particular that we're we're always like a a work in progress you know we're always a work in progress if we don't have something that we're working on there's something wrong and i i have a dozen faces in my mind uh, right now who I know feel this way, myself included. I, I'm very guilty of this. What I've noticed with guys, though, it's like, oh, it's good enough. You know, this is, this is half-baked, but it's good enough. I'm just, just going to do it. You know, there's this kind of nonchalantness about it. And so... I've experienced this quite a few times where I'm a total nerd and I'm always assessing the playlist that I'm listening to. I, I, I think this is just because of EVM doing this for, for two years. Like I'm, we would have all the DJs make playlists ahead of time because we needed to make sure that we were able to pick up where they left off if they were cut off for some reason. We also had a person doing virtual graphics for each song so they needed to know what the song was going to be. So all the DJs had their playlists uh, done beforehand. And it was a really cool way to observe which Tondas DJs uh, pick and how they're thinking about music. And then to watch how people responded. And a lot of times for... The men, you know, there will be like a playlist. We would ask for the playlist. It'd be sent in that evening or the next day, and it was just like done. You know, just a couple of hours. It was super nonchalant, like no, not much energy. Um, and then for a lot of times for women, it was like fretting over every tanda and switching things around and asking questions and is it okay if I do this versus this? And it was really interesting how... And it, it was especially great to to see it when there were like groups of men DJing together and groups of women. So sometimes we'd have an all male lineup and then we would have an all women lineup. So there were these things that I would observe uh, about the dynamic, you know, with with men. A lot of it was like peacocking right away. It's like, okay, I'm going to play this ton and this is what I like and this is what I want and this is what I believe and, you know, very ready to um, share their opinion, to share their knowledge and to promote themselves right away, like promoting their, their ideas, saying things like, oh, this is, I don't like this tanda. I actually like this other tanda. This is, this is the tanda that I think is better. Or even calling each other's choices out. You're, are you really going to play this after this? And, you know, stuff like that. But with uh, women DJing together, there was a lot of, like, permission, asking for permission, um, being polite, um, trying to take care of the other DJ's needs before that DJ even voiced anything, like... I'm going to play this, but if you want to play this, I can play something else. You know, so there's a lot of like accommodation. And again, this is just an observation of dynamics. I'm not at all saying one of them is bad, one of them is good. Although I am pointing to some 
some specifics that might help us as women to become more prominent on the DJing scene. So in this scenario, I really see that it works in your favor as a DJ to be more assertive and, and to put yourself out there. And I really saw that also in the context of watching the people respond to the DJs. For a lot of the, the men who might not have had the best playlist, but if their energy was really excited and if they were really believing in themselves and they, <laughs> you know, you could tell they had no issue with their playlist. They just, they just played what they played. It felt like we as the audience could really feel that and we could connect with that in ourselves. It's like observing the DJ be in total control and being um, interactive and at ease and relaxed then made the audience feel that way. And then there would be other times when the DJ would be um, very stressed out and really nervous and kind of like shy and, and holding back. And it, it created a completely different energy. There was this, you know, uncertainty in the air. You could kind of, you can kind of feel that. And what was sweet, this is what I absolutely loved about this experiment and watching this um, online, is that the audience was so generous and when the DJs felt insecure or there was this unease, sometimes there was a language barrier and the DJ, you know, they couldn't speak English very well. The audience kind of rushed to the rescue and there was this completely different dynamic that happened that was just as important. So it kind of pointed to this interesting chemistry that develops between the dancers and the DJs, this, this connection. And it doesn't have to be any particular way because ultimately each DJ develops it, you know, on their own terms. And maybe just even knowing that might give somebody permission to just go ahead and DJ because you know you want to. Um, you don't have to be any particular kind of person to start DJing. You don't have to have any kind of like musical knowledge or be a, a dancer of a certain level. It really just takes this awareness that that's something that's interesting to you and that you have a particular feeling about the music, you know. So everybody develops their own feel, but also know that, yes, it, it is very beneficial to believe in yourself, even a little bit. Even if you allow yourself just just the possibility that you can be a DJ, can be a good DJ. A lot of times the audience will fill in. The dancers will, will respond and they will feel your intention. I have never attended a milonga where the DJ did not get complimented on their music. I, and it surprises me because sometimes I am a real snob and sometimes I do 
end up being very dissatisfied with the music and I think to myself, why would anybody like this? But then there is a person who comes up and, hey, great set today, you know. So I think overall, in general, men tend to be a little bit more relaxed about their expectations. They'll stress out, but for a lot of men, it's like the bar is a little bit lower. They don't, they don't expect perfection. And I think we women do expect perfection and we want to satisfy everyone and we don't like it if one person's not satisfied. We want everybody to be happy, right? And that's just not gonna happen. So really the number one cause for women not being part of the DJing scene to the degree that we all want I think my humble, the humblest of opinions is just that we don't believe in ourselves. We don't believe in our own ability. We don't believe in our own genius. And I hope that those of you listening um, take that as, a, as an encouragement that honestly, really the only thing that is required is that you first believe that you can do it. So if I could get all of the people that I can think of that I've danced with that would be amazing DJs, if I could just get all of them to believe that, the rest of it will take care of itself because guess what? It's ultimately not that hard to learn the basics of DJing. Like it's not that complicated. I know that there's DJs writing posts about how it takes years and you have to dedicate a lot of energy and there's all this like hard work involved. But I don't think that you need that at the start. Honestly, first you just need to start doing it and you don't have to do it at a milonga. You can do it at a house party. You can do it at a practica. You just need to start. You need to start facing that because ultimately the hardest part is the psychological part, really. It's not even the, the basics of putting together uh, a playlist. You know, that's actually pretty easy. It's like dealing with all of the other psychological aspects of it that's going to be the time-consuming part. So the importance is to get started. The years of work, of course, take place, like with anything, because as you get better at it, you realize how much you don't know. And then that brings the level up, and then you grow. And then, of course, the DJs who are legends now, it, it took them years to get there, but it wasn't because they were automatically more talented than anybody else on the dance floor. It's just because of time, right? It took time. So... It's not going to be that you're at some point are going to be ready to become a DJ. Like, when I know all of my cicadas, that's when. When I know both roles, when I can name every orchestra, you know, like, that's, that's just arbitrary. You can, it can be right now. You can start learning to DJ right now. And this is what I have been focusing on with my students and I've, I've really started teaching a lot of this in the last year because I feel it's really important to have diversity of creative 
juices in the tango community because every DJ is so different. Every DJ has such an incredibly unique personality. And that's the other amazing thing that I saw by working with all these DJs uh, over the last few years is how unique their perspective. A DJ from Japan is going to have a completely different sensibility <laughs> and play stuff that I would never even thought of compared to a DJ in Egypt who has the most amazing oriental cortinas that I've ever heard. Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's such, a, such an incredible um, reflection of the multidimensionality of the dance that every person who comes to tango is very unique. It's a unique dancer with a unique voice. So the more variety we have, the better. I, I feel like, I mean, my stance is that every single social dancer should know how to DJ the basics. You know, not, not like I'm going to DJ publicly and I'm going to travel and I'm going to get paid to do it. But you show up at a house party and the DJ didn't show up. And the host is like, oh my God, what are we going to do? Let's put Pandora on. You know, like you can step up like, hey, you know what? I have a playlist on my Spotify. I have a playlist on my Apple Music. I can, I can play some Tondas. I know it. You know, that, that level is accessible to everyone. And that's kind of my sense that as long as all of us, not just women, I mean, do we need more men DJs? Yes, we actually need more DJs in general. Let me just put it out there. Like we need more tango DJs. We need more voices in that department. So we need more DJs and really the only thing that prevents us from becoming DJs, from starting to DJ is not believing in ourselves. Okay, and for women, this is especially true. We just keep putting ourselves down, you know. And it's so funny, like, I have to keep reminding this to my students. When I work with them, I, must, I always say, it's not like you're fixing anything. I'm not working with you to fix anything. I'm working with you to take you to that next level of refinement that belongs in your dance, the way a ballet dancer who's coming from high school would be going to college and now they have more refinement and technique. Like, we have to think of ourselves in that way because it's a constructive process versus always working to correct something. Oh, this is wrong. And now, and now I'm going to address this thing that was wrong. And now I'm going to address this other thing that's wrong, which is a very common mindset that I hear. So believing in ourselves will give us the courage to put ourselves out there more and to promote ourselves, to pitch ourselves to an organizer. You know, let's not put all of this work on the organizers. I mean, organizing is a business, right? And as any, as any business, organizers are going to be incentivized to invite people who are going to bring a crowd. 
that's just the reality of it. The bigger the event, the bigger the stakes. So don't get discouraged that the, uh, a particular organizer did not invite you to to DJ, but learn to put yourself put yourself out there and pitch yourself to to DJs. And if you're just starting out, my recommendation would be to see if you can start experimenting DJing at smaller practicas or doing a house party, um, you know, doing a one-hour set, just practicing. And um, as I've been sharing, I'm doing a, uh, a month-long musicality training this month that actually just started today. Uh, so we just had one session and uh, if you're still interested in joining, you can because all of the sessions are available as recording. So even if you can't join live, you'll still get all of the content at your own pace. Uh, and this is what we focus on. Learning how to recognize orchestras. Because guess what? Once you can recognize orchestras, you can improve your DJing skills exponentially. Because when you go to a milonga, you can listen to what the other DJs are playing. You can see how the crowd responds. You can be a total nerd like me and <laughs> write it down on your iPhone and see which tandas they're playing. And you can steal tandas, totally fine. You can credit the DJ <laughs> from whom you get it. Uh, that's allowed. So you can actually become a good DJ very quickly just by understanding what the other DJs are doing and kind of having an apprenticeship in this way. And so we learn to recognize orchestras and then we learn how to arrange the orchestras into a simple playlist that you could use for uh, a tango tango event. The link to the info for that is in the description as well. I'm realizing that I have so much more to say about this, uh, but I'm curious what you think of everything I've said. I hope I've inspired some of you to believe in yourself and think of yourself as possibly a DJ. That'd be great. All right, I will go ahead and stop here and I look forward to seeing you and chatting with you next week at another Tango Banter.